We're back here with Encounter with God on Faith FM. And, of course, Anna is joining us hello, for hello. the Bible study, which is super exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, before we get into that, we do have another clue for our quiz. All right, here we go. If you can figure it out from this one, Anna, you can write it on the piece of paper. Here we go. Okay, yep. Here we go. What am I? We know that um, you know, our first clue was, though it is hidden, Jesus says he will give some of this to him who overcomes. We know that it was in, the, you know, it was in a jar on the Ark of the Covenant. We know that prior to attacking Jericho, the Israelites ceased eating this. And now, this was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. If you know what this is, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. You can claim a prize for yourself. Anna's writing something down. Yes, oh, and she's right. got it correct. She's got it correct. Yes. She knows. See, if you weren't here, you could be calling in right now and getting well, a prize. Oh, yeah, I, might just, a prize. I might just leave for a little bit. <laughs> send in a text. Walk, walk, out, walk out the office, send a text in. Oh, hey, this is from this Queensland. Is, this is Hannah from Queensland. Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Anna Reedon. <laughs> Send it to Beatonsville. Yeah, true. <laughs> Guys, why don't you... Yeah. All right, what are we studying today? Okay, so we're in Revelation chapter 7. We've got to finish off this chapter. We were mm. talking about uh, the 144,000, such an exciting subject. Mm. Um, really enjoyed that. But we do need to move on. We talked about the seal of God yesterday and what mm-hmm. it is that the 144,000 are sealed with. Uh, today we continue on. Uh, we're going to finish out the chapter. The, the rest of this chapter is fairly straightforward. Um, so, Anna, I'm wondering whether you can read for us Revelation chapter 7. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to take this couple of verses at a time, make a couple of comments as we go through, mm. because we are finishing out the seven seals and we are about to start the seven trumpets. Mm. So, verse uh, 10 and 11, please. No worries. Anna. So, Revelation 7. 10 and 11. And they were shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living beings. And they fell before the throne with their faces to the ground and worshipped God. Okay, so in context, and Mm. uh, Annie, you weren't here yesterday, but Mm. in context, why is it? that they are having such a massive celebration right here. What is it that they have just seen and heard? They've just come through the seven last plagues. Okay, so we're dealing with 144,000. They've come Mm -hmm. through the seven last plagues, all that kind of thing. But you've also been introduced to the great multitude. Okay. The saved of all ages. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you've got every single person here who has ever been saved. You know, that's that's, got to be a time for rejoicing. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. All right, let's keep going there. Lawson, verse uh, 12 and 13, please. Yeah, sure. Verse 12 says, They sang, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. Mm. Man. And verse 13. And verse 13. Uh, Verse 13 starts sort of the next little section here. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, Who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? Okay, it's an interesting question because the Bible has just told you in verse 9 where the great multitude comes from, hasn't it? Yeah. They've come from every nation, every, every nation. tribe, every tongue, every mm. people. Okay, but the 144,000 mm. are a much more mysterious group, aren't they? Mm. So the question is, which do, do, what, what does this question apply to? Clearly both groups are wearing white robes mm-hmm. because you don't get to have the seal of God unless you are wearing a white robe. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, let's continue on. And uh, Anna, we will mm. find out as we go down through here, verse uh, 14, please. Yeah, no worries. And I said to him, sir, you are the one who knows. By the way, this is this is John being... Uh, being uh, giving a political answer right here. He doesn't want the elder ask him the question like, yeah, I'm not going to answer this one. I'm going to make myself look like a fool. You answer the question. You're the one who knows the answer to this one. Why don't you tell us all about it? I love John. All right. Then he said to me, uh, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb and made them white. Okay, in my translation, it doesn't say they actually died. It says they came out of great tribulation. Mm. But either which way, we know that during uh, tribulation, you know, either before or before the seven last plagues, there are those who will die for their faith. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, after the seven last plagues, there won't be, or sorry, during the seven last plagues, there won't be, but there are those who will die for their faith mm. and, uh, and, and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Mm. Um, Anna, have you ever washed anything in blood and had it come out white? <laughs> yeah, I was actually literally thinking that when I was reading it. I was like, wow, like, yeah, washing it. Like, blood stains, I'm pretty sure. And, um, yep, yeah, it's particularly on white shirts uh-huh. um, and garments. I've told you soak it in cold water. Oh, okay. okay. That's, that's what I've been told. Noted. Okay, so uh, our, number, our, our, our number is 1800 324 843. Um, if you know the answer to how you turn a white shirt white after <laughs> it has been dipped in blood. Oh, mate. This is good. But, uh, yeah, give us a call. Help us out with that one or shoot us a text on 0491 But I think cold water is the trick from mm. memory. Mm. We really don't know a whole lot about mm. this kind of thing. Mm. But, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I, used to, I lived on my own for five years, and I just throw everything in the washing machine, add washing powder, hit go, and walk away. Yeah, things, dude, things that's happen. the way, man. <laughs> that's like, the batch life. The like people talk about fabric soft. No, I'm like, what? Soft, <laughs> separating Se- the whites, separating sure colors, all that kind of stuff. I literally buy clothes based on like it just being easy to wash and not not to be ironed. It's the best. I'm Bam. like, if wise this needs to be move. ironed, I'm not buying it. Wise move. <laughs> Thank you. Very wise move. Efficiency. That's what yep. I like. <laughs> okay, but they have washed their clothes in blood and their and their clothes have come out white. Mm. What? How does that work? What does white represent in the Bible, Lyle? The righteousness of Jesus Christ. Well, there mm. you go. If they wash it in the blood of the lamb, who is mm. the lamb? Jesus. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Salvation. In Christ. Jesus' blood makes you white. Mm. Mm. Makes your clothing white. Man, I should specify that (laughs) because not everybody is white. (laughs) Yeah. You've got a good suntan. Have you just got a good suntan or have you got. Um, um, I think I. You've got an. Some some um, some exotic um, Exotic DNA. I've got some Um, exotic DNA. Yeah, look, uh, honestly, it's it's a bit of a mystery, but we think there could have a bit of Maori in us. Uh, my mum's from New Zealand, but there's no real trace, but it looks like we are all kind of somewhat Maori. So there you go. Maybe. I don't even know, eh? Yep. Maybe Spanish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me, I'm, I'm advanced white. I'm just as <laughs> white as white. it gets. It's like, <laughs> like white this as is a the brown end of the table up here. Because <laughs> I'm part Sri Lankan, and this is the, so this is the brown end of the table, and up that end where Lawson is, is just like, ooh, I'll put my sunglasses on. <laughs> lucky, lucky we're all at the throne and just celebrating together. Yeah. So. That's right. So the important thing is white clothing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to uh, read another verse here. We're just going to smash through some of these fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, verse Verse 15, Lawson, can you read that one for us, Yeah, sure. The Bible says, That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve Him day and night in His temple. And He who sits on the throne will give them shelter. Mm. Thank you. 
okay, this is, this is really significant. Mm. Um, and we're going to work our way through this. What do, they, what, do they, what do this particular group of people, what do they do? They serve him Worship. day and night. They serve mm. him day and night. Mm. Mm. So this is an incredible level of devotion, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. supreme. And when you think about what these people have come through, the experience that they have had, the salvation that they have experienced, then maybe that starts to give us a little bit of a clue mm. as to their level of devotion. Mm. Mm. I don't really understand it. To be honest, I sort of think, you know, I want to do lots of different things when I get to heaven. I want to go here. I want to go there. I've got you know mm. all kinds of big plans, but mm. maybe those plan- plans, excuse me, maybe those plans will change if I go through the experience that these people have gone through. And you know, mm. I'm like, you know what? I just want to serve God. I want to be here mm. with Him in His throne room. I don't want to go anywhere else for the rest of eternity. Mm. I think I think that goes to like the concept of of heaven on earth. Uh, I think we're especially blessed as Adventists to live by the principles that we live by of of of, of health. And, you know, keeping the Sabbath and having mm. that. We can have a, that taste of, of sort of heaven on earth by living by those principles, even though we're mm. still sinful people living mm. in a sinful world. Um, and that's made even harder by the fact that we're trying to be sinless. But, mm. but yeah, it just comes down to, like, you know, the decisions you make here and the things that you do here, like, mm. have eternal implications, you know. We can mm. sort of have that experience here in a, in a, in a way yeah, as yeah. a shadow. And, you know? and I think it reveals mm. to me that uh, maybe my relationship, my connection with God is a little bit shallow, mm. you know? That you wouldn't desire to just be worshipping yeah. night. Yeah. yeah. And, maybe, and maybe I need to go through the experience that these people go through for it to achieve yeah, that wow. level of depth. Mm. Mm. Anyway, mm. Ooh, I was going to say let's read the next verse, but... We're going to wait a moment before we read the next verse because we're going to talk about the seven last plagues again. We're going to go back there um, and deal with that particular issue and how it relates to this subject. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so getting back to the subject of the seven last plagues, uh, Mm. Anna, would you like to read for us first? 16, please. Yes, 16. All right. They will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun. Okay. Is that relevant for people who go through the last plagues? Yeah. Why is that? Because they've just been through such hardship. Mm. Like, like imagine like the, the kind of state that they're in, like constantly mm. just leaning on God for literally every resource. Is there a could- reference there? A reference to one of the plagues. Ooh, Ooh. I've got a little Hungry little star. I wonder what are, what are we talking about? Like Let's go to Revelation yeah. sixteen. Oh, Revelation sixteen and uh, <laughs> verse eight and nine. Lawson, if you could read that, yeah, verse, sure. Please. The Bible says, "Then the fourth angel poured out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Hmm. Everyone was burned by the blast of the heat." And they cursed the name of God, who had control over these all these plagues. They did not repent of their sins and turn to God and give Him glory. Thank you. Okay, this is an important verse for a number of different perspectives. First of all, it um, it uh, it puts global warming into a little bit of perspective. You know, we worry about global warming. No, you've got nothing to worry about. This is the one that you need to be worried about right here. This is this is next level. Uh, the other thing that is worth considering right here is that this is the one verse in the Bible that really reveals the purpose for the seven last plagues. 
Yeah, well. You know, why does God allow this to happen? Why does God cause it? You know, these are supernatural interventions by God. Mm-hmm. And you would think, well, these are, you know, probationists, closed salvation is over when these plagues fall. So why? why, why? What purpose do they serve? And really what it is revealing is the big picture of the great controversy mm. and, um, and and what God is doing. Because God, yes, God has closed probation. You find that back there in uh, chapter 15 and verse 8. Mm. You know, he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. He that is wicked, let him be wicked still. It's over. And it's not over because, you know, God just makes an arbitrary decision. It's over yeah. because there's nobody left who can be saved. Mm. Yep. Everybody's made their final decision. Yeah. And so here you've got these, uh, you've got this situation where God's like, okay, it's over, it's done. I'm going to come back to this earth. Uh, you know, it's it's, mm. it's finished. Um, but for the universe, now God can know this because He can read a person's heart, right? Mm. He knows what's in our heart. He knows if we're lost or saved. Mm. Mm. Let's think about the rest of the universe. They are looking on. They are looking at this earth, and they are wondering: Is there anybody left? You know, did God get it wrong? If God had waited mm. another five minutes, if God had waited another hour, if God had waited another year, would there have been somebody else? Did God choose the right time for this to take place? Mm. It's a really relevant question. Yeah. And so here's what God yeah. does. Because what you find is that, you know, there's the saying there's no atheists in foxholes. Um, <laughs> and whenever there's disaster, people pray. Mm. Mm. And here God pours out disaster and is anybody praying? No, no, they're cursing. They are all universally. There's not a single solitary prayer goes up. <laughs> there is just cursing of God. And when the universe sees, nobody prays. Wow. They recognize that yes, God's decision is the right decision. Whoa. So everything that God does is done with a purpose, yeah, and wow. everything that God does uh, reveals God's character. And here, it's harsh, but necessary. To ensure that sin never comes back because mm. if a question mark is left in somebody's mind somewhere mm. from some event that has taken place, if there's any opportunity for, you know, a seed of doubt given the context of eternity, and we, mm. we don't really think about the context mm. of eternity, sooner or later, you know, uh, a, bi- a billion again. years in it from now, <laughs> um, mm. that uh, it could all start over again. Yeah. And so yeah. God is leaving no stone unturned yeah. Mm. Yeah. to ensure mm. we understand exactly what it is um, that you know, mm. that he has made the right decision here. Mm. Yeah, that was a little bit of a sidetrack. No, that's actually a really good tangent or like, <clears throat> I don't know, side point. In, as a religion teacher, I get that question so many times like, well, could it just all happen again? Like, you know, if Satan, like, you know, it was in a perfect realm, everything, whatever, and he like fell away or had these thoughts like, you know, what, how could it? But yeah, I always try and explain that like, the difference is like we have all seen how depraved and like wicked and, and hurtful mm. sin is. And we've all chosen to be there. Like, mm. and yeah, that is the difference. Like we're all just stoked. And that's why I think people can like literally spend day and night like truly worshiping with all mm. their hearts because they're like, no, you know, there is just no way that like we could have saved ourselves and like, you know, just how far God, the King of Heaven, like poured himself out for us. Like, mm, and mm. yeah, just loves us. And like, that is the craziest thought. And that's what compels us. And, and, and the three stages of the judgment, you know, you think about the three stages of the judgment. Mm. The judgment in heaven before Jesus comes back in open court yeah, mm. answers the question for the entire universe. Mm. Mm. The judgment during the millennium answers the question 
for all of the saved. Yeah. The judgment at the end of time where every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord answers the question for all of the wicked. And when they kneel down and say, yes, Jesus is Lord and mm. confess that they are you know, lost mm. and condemned to death, you know, when they say it with their own mouth, mm. you know, really that's, that's removing. God is going to, to, to extraordinary lengths yeah. to remove any doubt from the mm. universe mm. so that no one will ever choose yeah. it again. And mm. here's the other thought. Imagine if one of God's creations somewhere in the future is like, you know what, I'm thinking of trying alternative here. God says, yep, that's great. You have complete freedom to do so. Before you do, save something saved on a hard drive here. Let me just <laughs> let me just just take a seat here for the next six thousand years and watch this. You know, wow, and and, and, and you know the PTSD <laughs> that you're going to have to deal with after watching six thousand years of uh, yeah. of the history of this earth, oh, yeah. well, and you're going to yeah. try on alternative. You know, mm. it's on record forever. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, wow, yeah. that is right a crazy there thought. On, I, the, I, on the big I, screen. I think it's really. It's so awesome how transparent God is mm. because we as inherently free will beings want like we have this want for people to respect our free will. Mm. And if we've got the God of the universe who is proving to us, yes, I respect your free will. Yes, every man made his decision. Yes, I did justly in every single mm. situation. I gave every single person the, the decision to repent. When someone... When, you know, someone in authority respects the free will that we have, mm. it's just like, oh, man, it just comes so clear. Mm. And we're just going to be we're just gonna be stoked. Yeah. Pumped. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right, we've got one more verse here. Woo. Verse 17, please, Lawson. <clears throat> yeah, sure. The Bible says in, this is chapter 16? No. No, we're going back. This is Revelation 7. seven. Revelation chapter 7 and verse <clears throat> 16. 17. 17. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> we got it. One step at a time. <laughs> For the lamb. Okay, here we go. <laughs> For the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. <laughs> he will lead them to the springs of life-giving water, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Okay, so these are some people who've been through some pretty hard stuff. Yeah. <laughs> But this passage, of course, parallels you know Revelation chapter twenty one, mm. where the Bible says that God shall wipe away all tears; there shall mm. be no more pain, no more mm. suffering. You know, for the former oh, things have passed yeah. away. Dude, so good. <laughs> good things Can't to look wait. forward to. Mm. All right, Anna, can you read for us chapter eight and verse one? All right, plowing through eight one. When the Lamb broke the seventh seal on the scroll, there was silence throughout heaven for about half an hour. I'm not sure if I'll be there then because I talk a lot. Um, no, 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 I will be Anna, there. You, will, no, you won't be. You won't be. Oh, wait, yeah, okay. You won't be there. Because <laughs> if funny. Anna was there, she would be talking. This <laughs> no. is very true. Seriously, <laughs> silence. Okay, so, 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 so Anna's illustration right there, I'm going I'm to use Anna. I'm so glad you're in the studio. Oh, perfect. Uh, I'm going to use Anna as an illustration of what this verse is actually talking about. So let's work our way through our seven seals. Our seven seals give us seven different time periods down through history. Mm. When we came to our sixth seal, it covers a span of time, but mm. it ends with, we go back to chapter 6 and verse 15, the kings of the earth. Uh, verse 14, the heaven departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. Every mountain and island moved mm. from their places. The kings of the earth, the, good, the great men, the rich men, the chief captains, the mighty men, the slaves, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. And hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who shall be able to stand? So that's the end of the sixth seal. 
The end of the sixth seal takes place with the end of with the with the return of Jesus Christ. So mm. Jesus is arriving here mm. on this earth mm. um, as this seal is coming to an end, and the question is asked: Who will be able to stand? Mm-hmm. Chapter seven is all about answering that question. Okay, so it's mm. in parentheses, in brackets. It's mm. all about answering the question: Who will be able to stand? We're going to come back and talk about the seventh seal after we have Sons of Korah with Psalms 23.
That was Sons of Korah with Psalms 23 here on Faith FM. You got another clue for our quiz there, Lawson? Yes, I do. I here we down go. To the easy here ones we, now. Here we go. Here we go. All right. Next clue for the quiz. What am I? God fed the Israelites with this bread from heaven for 40 years. <laughs> it's bread from heaven. It's bread from heaven. Bam. But that's the answer, right? No, no, it's not. Oh, that's. <laughs> but it is bread from heaven. It is bread from heaven. But you said it's not. But it's not bread from heaven. There's a different name. Special name. We're talking Special about name. we're talking about the name of the bread from heaven. If you know what that is, give us a call. One eight hundred three two four eight four three. Get a prize. Eat it for dessert when it's raw. Cook it up and it becomes savoury. Bam. Ooh. Bam. Yeah, pretty special stuff. <laughs> okay, so we were going to go to the last seal before mm. the break. And that has created some interesting conversation here in the studio <laughs> while the song was playing. What is the Bible talking about when the Bible talks about silence in heaven? So let's hmm. consider our context again. The sixth seal has ended here on this earth with the return of Jesus Christ. So hmm. when the sixth seal is ending, Jesus is here on this earth, right? Yes. Okay. Hmm. The question is asked who will be able to stand. We've, we've answered that question. Now we come to the seventh seal, and the seventh seal is described. The, the entire seal is just one verse. Mm-hmm. And all <laughs> it says is silence in heaven. For half an hour. For half an hour. So this is this, this, what does this cryptic verse mean? And what kind of a picture, what kind of an image <laughs> is it giving us? And what is it telling us about end time events and the return of Jesus Christ? Okay. <gasps> so... Let's go back to. Uh, uh, there's a light the bulb going off. Gears are turning. Gears are turning. Gears are turning. Wait, is it like? Is it? I don't know. I just. Is there a parallel between like the sixth day and like the seven, like the Sabbath, like a rest? I don't know. There's like this rest. It's like silence. I don't know. That's an interesting. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. Might might come back to that. We'll see. Um, Okay. But before we do, we need to find out what kind of things happen in heaven. If you're in heaven, what kind of things are you going to be seeing and doing? Ooh, ooh, climbing giraffes necks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Might not be. There might be a few giraffes that might complain about that. No, but there's going to be like no suffering. They're going to love it. Read for for me, chapter seven, verse fifteen. All right, seven fifteen. That is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve Him day and night in His temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. Okay, so what, what's, what kind of things? Worshipping day and night. Okay, worshipping day and night. All right, uh-huh. go back to, uh, let me see here, uh, chapter 4 and, or is it chapter 5? Well, chapter 4 and 5, both of these chapters. Mm. Uh, particularly, I guess, the end of chapter 5, you know. Um, verse 11, I beheld and heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the four beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and mm. wisdom and strength and glory. And every creature was in heaven, every creature is under the earth, and all, you know, it goes on and on and on mm. and on and on. Um, and they are serving God um, um, all the time. verse Chapter 4, verse 10, the, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that lives for and ever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, mm. saying, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you have created all things, and for your pleasure they are and were created. And so we find that heaven, wherever you go, wherever you look at the throne room of God, you find this as a place of rejoicing and mm. a place of worship mm. and a place of honor, and it never, ever stops. Mm. 
Except under the seventh seal. (laughs) And suddenly for the first time in eternity, heaven goes silent. Mm -hmm. Wow. So how do you get heaven to go silent? The answer is found in Matthew chapter 25. Oh, this is epic. Matthew chapter 25. How do you get it to go silent? Oh, I feel like I know the answer. We're going to Matthew 25. That's near something important. This is, this is Matthew, Matthew <laughs> that's right. It's, it's part of the, if you look at my red letter one, it's all part of the same thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 31, please. Lawson. The Bible says, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit Upon his glorious throne. Okay, here the Bible is describing the return of Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. How many of the inhabitants of heaven are coming with him? What does it say? All. All. It uses the word the all. Angels. You want to know how you're going to get silence in heaven? There is only one way you're ever going to get silence in heaven, and that is you have to empty the place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so think about this. Heaven where God lives, where the throne room of God is, where the sanctuary is, all of that has never, ever been empty. It has never, ever been silent. Mm -hmm. And suddenly, it's a ghost town. Yep. Mm. You could walk around heaven and there is nobody there. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be an amazing... You you ever been to... uh, Let me think of a really good example. Um, I've actually done this. I can't remember why. But walking down George Street in Sydney early on Christmas morning, and it was a ghost. Town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no businesses open. Like five people on the street. There was three cars. Man, that's yeah. So awesome. This is like six o'clock in the morning. It's like the thing, best Christmas thing. morning, and it's it, just like weird. It's the coolest thing ever. I was in I was in Europe in in Spain in Cartagena, and they have the yearly festival where they take um, a statue of Mary to the top of the like a mountain. And the entire town in, like, the middle of the day is completely empty. Like, to the point where they turn the traffic lights off. Because, like, they're Spanish and they want to save money. But they're just like, there's (laughs) no one there. It's amazing. Except for the rebellious Aussie who doesn't really care. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm like, Like, riding my bike around, like, hopping down the street and stuff. Like, because there's no one there. It's, like, the best. But, yeah. Yes, I I remember uh, um, being at college in the United States. Um, our college was about an hour from Washington, D.C., and um, it was the inauguration of, um, this is going to date me, isn't it, uh, President Clinton. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and there was seven people on campus, I think, that day. Every single one of them were Australians. Like, we don't care. <laughs> Why would we go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but my wife went. She's American. She, yeah. she, met, she met Bill Clinton. Oh. oh, no, that was a different event. That was when he came and preached in uh, Culpeper Church. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Different event. Anyway. Uh, where were we up to? We were talking about silence in heaven. The only way you're going to get heaven to go silent is if you have to empty it. Mm. Okay, the Bible says for the space of half an hour. We can't take too much from this because the word half hour there simply means a short space of time. So I'm just going to share my personal conspiracy theory. Oh, here we go. Yes, Lyle. So here comes my <laughs> personal conspiracy is theory. It a, is it actually like it might be a theory, but is it a conspiracy um, it holds the kind of same, similar kind of weight to conspiracy okay. theory right. in that it might be right. Okay. 
Okay, here we go. <laughs> but you can't go and quote me on it. Okay. <laughs> Actually, you can quote me. You can say, Lyle said this, but you have to qualify that by saying, he didn't say, just, you know. It was truth. Give your life for this, for this truth. This is a, this is a Lyle. I'm just going to bring out my heresy detector just to make sure this, this passes. <laughs> yeah, but good. anyways. Okay, so the, the, word for, the word for half an hour here simply means a short space of time. But if you were to take that as prophetic time, symbolic time, I should say. Mm-hmm. A day symbolizes a year. Mm. Half an hour is a portion of a day. Yeah. Mm. That gives you seven and a half days of time period. Oh. Mm. Right? Yes. Use the day for your principle. Yeah, yeah, half yeah. an hour is going to give you seven and a half days. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Those of you who do mathematics can figure that out. All right. And um, that would give you half a day for Jesus to come to this earth and seven days to get back to heaven. Well, there you go. You heard it here first. Let's just take a bit of a cruise not, like, through the universe. Why not like three and a half days to us? Yeah, no, no. I think yeah, God okay. will give us a nice cruise through the universe. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, your theory is as good as mine, but mine's better. <laughs> oh! Yeah, absolutely. I was thirsting for that living water Drinking from a well that don't satisfy And I met a man whose words were like no other Said, draw from a well that'll never run dry. He told me everything I had done. He said, come and drink the living water. Come and take from streams of life. You will thirst no more. You will thirst no more I was hungry for heaven's manna And eating the meat that perishes and dies And I met a man, he walked upon the water He said, come partake of the bread of life That cometh down from heaven He said, come and drink the living water Come and take the bread of life You will thirst no more You will want no more There's water that's pure There's a bread that's true There's a light that shines And He's calling you I was without form and void in darkness All around me was trouble and strife And I met a man, he led me from my blindness He said, I am the light of life The light that lights up everyone Come and drink the living water Come and take the bread of life You will thirst 
is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us.
Back, guys. That was Alison Brooke with Lily here on Faith FM. And we have come to question of the day time. And our question of the day is a – this is an interesting one. I've been yep. surprised yep. how much comment there has been mm-hmm. on social media with this mm-hmm. one. And mm-hmm. so much negative comment. Yeah. Really surprised. Yep. <laughs> I was not expecting it. Anyway, Lawson, what's our question of the day? All right. Should – should a Christian celebrate Valentine's Day? Okay, and so on social media, I think the majority of people have said no. And that really surprised me. Of course, uh, Darren Pratt said, Valentine's Day should be every day, so go, Darren. Um, <laughs> every day is a good day to express your love for each other. And uh, that's a fantastic comment right there. Uh, but most other people just said no. 
And so, you know, that, of course, why, why would Christians be objecting to Valentine's Day? Why would be, why would Christians be objecting to a time of year where you have an expression of love? Isn't Christianity all about love? Mm. Okay, so if you do some research into this, you'll find that there are many claims that Valentine's Day is the uh, descendant of the Roman festival of uh, Lucipelia or, you know, something like, I can't probably pronounce it very, very wrong. But basically, this was a Roman fertility festival that took place only in the city of Rome, by the way. It never existed anywhere other than the city of Rome. It was a fertility festival. And it went from, you know, the, the 13th to the 15th of February every year. Um, this was eventually outlawed by the church because there were some immoral practices, such as uh, everybody would run around naked and um, the women would get belted up because that would give them somehow fertility. And so, yeah, the church outlawed that. Um, and because the dates correlate with the death of two people by the name of Valentine, who were later later made into saints, um, and then, of course, it became a day to remember those saints and, and what they had done. People have drawn a line from, you know, uh, the Roman festival to the saints who died as martyrs uh, through to the festival that we have today, which is a day of uh, expressing our love for each other. Now, the connection between the two is a little bit tenuous. There are many scholars who definitely state, yes, very, very strongly, there is a connection between the two and this is where it comes from, and that could well be the case. The challenge is that there is no record of any connection for a period of about 900 years. So from when the Roman festival disappears until the very first mention of uh, Valentine's Day as being a a time of expressing love, there's a gap of about 900 years. So we don't we, we, we can't draw a an, an organic connection between the two. Even though if you study uh, history and you know how that um, I guess the Roman Catholic Church in particular turned a lot of pagan festivals into Christian festivals, it seems that it would be something that would be like it would be the t- the typical thing to do. However, let's say that it is. Uh, related to this ancient pagan festival. Does that then mean that because it has pagan roots, we should have nothing to do with it? I'd like to turn your attention to a very important passage of the Bible. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 8, and it deals with the subject of food offered to idols. And the concept here is that um, is that we're going to... Uh, you're dealing with food that is offered to idols... That has um, that is part of their idolatry, idolatrous practices, and so basically what they would do is that they would, you know, food that was offered to idols, they would then eat that food. This was a way of um, how should we say eating the god, and of course that's come down to us through consubstantiation and transubstantiation, which is taught in some churches today. So you would eat the God, therefore you would take the power of the God into yourself. This was the concept of eating food that was offered to idols. Paul says this, very insightful, As concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and there is none other but God but one. For though there be those that are called gods, whether in heaven or earth, as there are gods many and lords many, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom all things uh, are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. And so Paul comes along and says, "Look, you know, there is only one God. 
these other gods, they don't exist. When you eat the food that is offered to them, you're just eating food. You know, you're not eating the god. You've got there's, there's, there's nothing. This this food is no different from that food. How be it, there is not in every man that knowledge, for some with conscious conscience of the idol unto this hour eat it as a thing offered to an idol, and their conscience being weak is defiled. And so when you went to the markets, you could buy the two different uh, qualities of food, normal food, food offered to idols, food offered to idols carried a premium price. And many Christians, when they became a Christian, because this had been a part of their idolatrous practice, said, no, we will not touch the food that has been offered to idols. Um, There were others who came along and said, idols don't even exist. They're not even a real thing. Those gods don't even exist. And that's good food. And if I need it, I will eat it. And Paul was of that category. And so the principle is this. Let's let's, let's, let's think about this for a moment. The food that was offered to idols, was this of pagan origin? Absolutely. Did Paul have a problem eating it? Absolutely not. Why? Because the idol is nothing. Should we express our love for each other? Yes, our tradition's wrong. No, they're not wrong. And if this is an opportunity to express your love and you're into it, then why not? There is nothing wrong with it, provided that you don't do it in a pagan context. Yeah, well, there you go. Bam, should we keep it? I know that um, at my church this weekend, we're having a, a nice Valentine's Day dinner and we're expressing our love for God. So if you want to come to that, hit up RTM, a little bit of self-promotion, Raymond Terrace Mission, 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. That'll be at around 7 o'clock. But thank you so much, Lyle. Awesome answer as usual and um yeah sweet so should we should we okay ultimately what's your opinion then are you going to keep it are you going to celebrate valentine's day it's never been a tradition in our home but if it's well, tradition there you go. Yours, go for it. <laughs> this is fernando ortega with open my lips open my lips i will sing your praise forever Open my lips, O Lord, I will sing your praise forever. A broken spirit and a contrite heart, these you will not despise. Fernando Ortega with Open My Lips here on Faith FM and we are about to give something away and because Anna is still with us in the studio, go Anna! Yeah, yeah, you! Yeah. <laughs> Anna is here busily signing albums so you get mm. a personally signed Anna Beden, Adam Beden album. Mm. Uh, so be the first caller through right now. 1-800-324-843 is the number or text us on 0491-064-669. Be the first caller through or the first person to text us. And this album is yours for free. Anna, it's been fantastic yeah. having you on the show today. Oh, 
Oh, uh, guys, thanks so much for having me, Lawson Lyle. You guys are the Dream L team. <laughs> the Dream, the, 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 the Dream, dream L team. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, have the, doesn't have the quite the same. The, uh, I like the double L. The double L. The double L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's um, a bunch of. Uh, um, uh, songs on here Better Day Before You Call Breathe mm. Anchor Your Soul It's Not You It's Him Wool Over Your Eyes mm. Unimaginable And Rise So mm. this is the latest um, Anna Beden With Captured Epiphanies So if you'd like to get your copy You remember what uh, the uh, the number is It is 1-800-324-843 I can see the phone um, Ringing busily out there Right now So yeah, give us a call, and of course we've got a couple of a couple more of these we're going to uh, make available over the next few days. So stay tuned. Um, we will make them available for our quiz maybe tomorrow. What do you reckon, Lawson? Yeah, no, we should. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. If you if you give yep. us a call tomorrow, you 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 get an Anabeden album. Bam. Now don't forget, as always, if you would like to know more about the Bible, then give us a call because we like to connect people with the Bible. We can make that happen in your home, um, in a in a church, in a small group, one on one, by correspondence. Um, we can do it through the Discovery Center. They've got like seventeen different courses down there. We can do it online. You can study the Bible with me, even on Facebook if you want. We can make it happen. Breath out. 